Dateline, a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic were spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the 18th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Mystery of a Thousand Moons. I am your host, as always, Michael Cohen. Thank you very much for joining us this week. We have lots of news, lots of collecting news, and uh, a ton to get through. So uh, we're going to get to it pretty quick. But I just want to apologize for getting this episode out so late. I know I said that I was going to get on a different schedule, and then here I am back on the schedule that I was before, but, uh, things are just a little bit hectic around here. I'm busy with work. So, uh, as always, like this is the, the last thing that I get to do. It kind of gets, get, gets put at the bottom of the pile. Um, not to say that, that you guys are a lower priority or anything, but, uh, that's just the way that things are, uh, when I have to get things done. So, uh, that being said, let's get right into the news. And uh, just an update on Frontlines, the t-shirt. Um, I, I'm talking to a couple of different suppliers about getting the t-shirts printed. And, uh, and you guys continue to vote. Um, but the voting is slowed down. And I want to make sure that everybody has voted on this and that everybody's had their say. Uh, the current standings are blue at 42%. The clear uh, landslide victory for blue. Uh, although you guys do have until March 19th, uh, but, but blue is at 42%, green is at 26%, and then red and purple are both at 15% as of this recording. So uh, more people, more people got to get in there and vote and, uh, and tell me what you guys think. And, uh, and uh, if you guys can also um, email me, just only email me. Don't post it on the boards because I don't want to have to go to more than one place because uh, otherwise the numbers will get all confused and stuff. But email me if you're planning on buying one of the shirts, what size would you buy it in so that I know when I go to have them printed which sizes to to get printed. Um, so yeah, just email me mcohen at clonewarspodcast.com and uh and and let me know what size you guys would like your shirts in and uh and and i'll i'll figure that out um more fanboys news this is kind of like the update uh version of the new section because these are just all updates for uh for stuff that we've already talked about um a second round of new locations has been announced for the film's release on february 27th so on the 27th, that's actually uh, today as of this recording, new new locations will have, have the film Fanboys. So if you are in any of these locations, definitely get out and see it. I've gotten a lot of email from you guys talking about how, how great this movie is. So And I haven't been able to see it yet. So, uh, so hopefully keep going to see it and maybe eventually they'll bring it to Canada. Although unlikely. But uh, if you are in Miami, Florida, Greensboro, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania... Minneapolis, Minnesota, Baltimore, uh, I don't know what MD stands for. You guys can figure that one out. Uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, Providence, Rhode Island, Kansas City, 
I don't know what MO stands for. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, or Memphis, Tennessee. See, I'm a Canadian. I don't know what all of your guys' uh, shorthand for for states is. I, I know most of them, but uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so yeah, if you're in any of those cities, definitely go out and see the movie. Uh, promote it. Like, get, Just get all of your friends to go. If nobody's at the movie and you can afford it, buy all of the tickets. Just buy all of the tickets. Every ticket that they'll let you buy for the for the screening or that you can buy so that this movie makes a ton of money in the theaters and, and they just keep on releasing it wider and wider and hopefully eventually a full-scale release to everywhere all over the place and other countries. I know that a lot of you guys in other countries like the, in the UK and uh, all over the place, uh, Australia, you guys are everywhere, Japan, so... You know, we all want to see it too. So everybody in the states definitely go see this and uh, and just promote it as much as you can. Um, another piece of news. This is a piece of news from EUCantina.net, which is a great Star Wars news site. Uh, it's EUCantina.net, and they've got a news piece about uh, Clone Commandos, the Clone Wars Volume Two DVD. So as we've reported earlier about that. Uh, Season 1, Volume 1, which had all of the Malevolence trilogy and all that uh, back a couple episodes ago. Uh, this is about the second volume. And uh, the news piece from EU Cantina says, Netflix has added the second volume of The Clone Wars to their video library. While it is not available for renting yet, the listing has revealed the title of the next set, Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 1, Volume 2, Clone Commandos. The DVD will include the next four episodes in the series, Rookies, Downfall of a Droid, Duel of the Droids, and Bombad Jedi. No new box art has been provided as of this time. But uh, there you go. Or, or a release date. We still don't know when that's coming out. But it'll probably be a little bit later after the, uh, after the first volume. But if it's up on Netflix, then it must be coming fairly soon. Um, so that's exciting for those of you getting the DVDs this way. Uh, I know I'll be waiting for the full box set in Blu-ray, but you guys already know that. So uh, thank you to EUCantina.net for that piece of news. And uh, and if you haven't ever been to their site, definitely head over there. Um, last piece of news, the Old Republic webcomic has launched. So you can head over to www.stwor, that's all of the capital letters for Star Wars The Old Republic all the first letters, uh, swtor.com, to read the first webcomic for the game The Old Republic. And while you're there, check out the new info on Nal Hutto with new screenshots, concept art, and more. So they, they've, uh, they've actually updated the site quite a bit with, with a lot of new information on, on another world that you're going to be able to visit in The Old Republic and, uh, and with this webcomic. It's only three issues at the moment, or three, um, three pages, and, uh, and it's a pretty slow build-up, but it looks like it's going to be an interesting comic. So and it'll, it'll definitely be important for setting up the story of the Old Republic for all of you that are going to get into that. So definitely head over to uh, the Star Wars The Old Republic website and check that out. So that is our news. Let's get into some collecting news. Uh, this is the remainder of the stuff from Toy Fair 2009. I'll just say... This is not everything else, 
at Toy Fair 2009. First of all, I'm only going through the Clone Wars stuff, and uh, and I may have missed some stuff. So uh, hopefully you guys have been watching websites like uh, Cool Toy Review and uh, Rebel Scum, Jedi Insider, and all those sorts of sites for uh, for all of the, the news on Toy Fair 2009. But uh, if, if you go to a comic shop, like if you buy comics at a comic shop, uh, ask them if you can see their copy of Previews, the Diamond Comics distributor catalog, and it's actually got a lot of this stuff. A lot of the stuff that was that was shown at Toy Fair is now being solicited. So uh, so definitely check that. I, I was taking a look at the previews in my comic shop a couple of days ago. So um, with that, here's the the remainder of the stuff at, from Toy Fair 09. Uh, Underground Toys has some interesting stuff such as official iPod Touch and iPhone skins with Star Wars and Clone Wars images. These look wicked. I have an iPhone myself, so I'm definitely going to be on the hunt. They've got one that's like a, it's a silicon, which is the sort of the rubbery, uh, grippy rubber um, skins that you can get for your iPhones and your iPods. Um, they've got a silicone one with like the, the chest all the chest stuff from R2-D2. So like everything that's on the, uh, on the cylinder, uh, like the body of R2-D2 is, is on this. So you put the skin on your iPhone and then it, then the one part looks like R2. And, uh, that's definitely the one that I'm going to be going out of my way to find. I like that a lot. I might even order that online if I have to, uh, but they have some other stuff. Some, uh, like, a. uh, a lightsaber lantern sort of thing. And it just, a lot of really sort of quirky, um, like, I don't know, sort of, not, not dollar store toys, but just kind of like those little, little toys that you see like hanging off of the pegs at, at uh, like on the strips at Toys R Us and that sort of thing. So just sort of little stuff, little $5 toys. Um, see, Funko has some new Clone Wars bobbleheads, including Grievous, uh, Anakin, Captain Rex and a battle droid. I'm personally not into bobbleheads. I don't. Uh, they're just not my thing. I'd rather spend my money on, on cooler stuff. But uh, but for those of you who do get bobbleheads, I know there's a lot of bobblehead collectors out there. Um, these are definitely nice bobbleheads, as far as bobbleheads go. And uh, and I'm gonna stop talking about them before I say bobbleheads anymore. Uh, so on to the offerings from Kotobukiya. Um, now, Kotobukiya is a Japanese company uh, that does Star Wars statues, but they call them snap-together vinyl kits. Uh, the, the statues are made of vinyl, and they're called snap-together vinyl kits because they can't actually sell licensed Star Wars statues in North America because Gentle Giant has the licensing for statues, um, to call them statues at least. Well, maquettes, I think. Um, maybe somebody else has the rights to statues, but I, I know that they had to call them snap together vinyl kits for that reason. Um, but they are essentially just statues. They sometimes come in a couple pieces that you just kind of pop together and they're all good. And they're made out of vinyl, which is a, I personally think a great, great material to make, uh, statues out of because it's lightweight. And, uh, and, and always like, it really, really favors the sculpt as, as opposed to other stuff. Um, resin kits 
not so much kits, but like resin statues uh, and cold cast statues, which is a lot of what Gentle Giant does, can tend to um, round out some of the details and you don't quite get the, the in-depth sculpts that, that you're hoping for. But with vinyl, because it's a type of plastic, it's, uh, it's much more malleable and, and just works a lot better with getting those really fine details and for, for sort of the mass market sort of thing. Um, so the Kotobukiya offerings, these are, they're not super new, but it's the first time we've kind of seen them uh, in this environment. And that's Captain Rex, Commander Cody, uh, Commander Gree, the Rocket Trooper, and this is one of the first times that we've seen this, a Commander Fox prototype. He's not painted. He's just sort of in a gray plastic color, um, but it, he's looking pretty wicked, actually, and I don't even like Commander Fox that much because I don't like his chest design, but uh, but he looks pretty good here. The sculpt is really nice. The sculpt on all of these is really nice. For all of these clone troopers, except for possibly the Rocket Trooper because I haven't seen yet, but all like Captain Rex, Commander Cody, and Commander Gree for sure have removable helmets and their faces are sculpted perfectly. They look exactly like the computer animated characters. And this this is the perfect format, I think, for the Clone Wars animated, like computer animated style stuff. Um, it just like it looks identical. It's perfect. Uh, I, I really, really, really want to say that I'm going to get Captain Rex and Commander Cody, but these things are expensive. These can be very, very pricey uh, statues. They're upwards of $100. So uh, for those of you who are high-end collectors and into clone troopers, definitely some stuff to add to your wish list for later this year. So that is our collecting news wrapping up Toy Fair 2009. Um, lots of cool stuff coming out this year. Lots of stuff to look forward to. You guys are all excited about it. But uh, let's get into something from the here and now, and that is the weekly recap for Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Following the capture of Dr. Nuvo Vindi, Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker and Master Obi-Wan Kenobi load the Separatist captive into his shuttle for transport to Thebe. Inside the Separatist lab, Padme and Jar Jar are overseeing the cleanup. One of the clones shows Padme a bomb missing its vial of blue shadow virus. A droid must have taken it. They need to find it before the droid releases the virus. The sound of the alarm alerts Dr. Vindy that his virus has been liberated. No sooner does he say this than his droid assistant, carrying the stolen virus, places it inside a bomb and detonates it. A blue cloud bursts into the halls of the facility. The virus has escaped. Ahsoka and Rex, along with their troops, barely manage to make it into one of the safe rooms. Anakin contacts Ahsoka, who reports that they've sealed the lab. Padme calls to Anakin on her comm as well. Her and Jar Jar were in a safe room when the virus was released. They're okay and in their protective hazmat suits. Everyone is alright, but that doesn't mean Naboo is safe. Any remaining droids will attempt to escape from the facility, releasing the virus. Padme is going to find Ahsoka and stop any droids from getting out. Anakin confronts Vindy, demanding the antidote to the virus. Vindy just laughs. He never intended on creating an antidote, just a plague. Anakin is losing patience, but Obi-Wan reminds him that there is more than one way to skin a womp rat. Anakin is keen on his methods, though, pressing the doctor again, shoving the blade of his lightsaber toward Vindy's throat. The doctor continues to cackle, telling Anakin to kill him, to spare him death at the hands of the blue shadow virus. 
but Obi-Wan insists that they work quickly to find the antidote and rescue the others. A console inside Rex and Ahsoka's safe room blinks red and one of the troopers reports that a small amount of the virus has leaked into the room. Rex figures they're as good as dead, so they might as well take out some droids to protect the rest of Naboo from being infected. Ahsoka urges them not to give up hope, as Padme contacts them on the comm. She's on her way to their location. Arriving in Theed, the Jedi are met by Captain Typho, who may have a lead on the antidote. He tells them of the Rixa route, found only on Iego, deep inside Separatist space. Anakin is ready to go, but Typho warns them to be cautious. Anakin intends to do something about it right away, and Obi-Wan agrees. Back inside the facility, Padme and Jar Jar make their way down the contaminated hallways to Ahsoka and the others. Now they can deal with the droids. Padme noticed some of them moving towards the south entrance. Ahsoka and Rex will take the north quarter, and Padme and Jar Jar will take the south. Padme and her troops make their way down the halls and find a group of battle droids trying to escape through a hatch. The teams converge, decimating the battle droids before they can escape. Approaching Iego, Anakin and Obi-Wan come on a graveyard of ships surrounding the planet. The twilight lands and the Jedi are met by a horde of battle droids approaching. Anakin ignites his lightsaber and begins cutting the, the droids down, but they're not fighting back. One of the droids announces their leader, Jabo Hood, a ten-year-old boy who reprogrammed the droids as his servants. When the Separatists left, they left behind a warehouse full of droids as well. Anakin determines that Jabo used a macro protocol to wipe all the droids at once, impressing the young boy. Obi-Wan cuts to the chase, though, inquiring as to lo the location of the Rixa route. The boy gives a vague answer, saying the route is all over the place. Anakin tells him that they're short on time, but Jabo disagrees, informing them that once they're on Iego, they won't be able to leave. Droll won't let them. He tells them that Droll is a spirit that haunts Iego and won't let any ships leave the system. Fifty of the best star pilots have tried to escape, but none have succeeded. Back on Naboo, Ahsoka engages two droidicas in close combat, leaping on top of one of them and slicing into its shield with her lightsaber. Trying to help, Jar Jar fires on the destroyer droids, nearly hitting Ahsoka before Padme can tackle him to the ground. In the chaos, one of the tubes on her suit has detached, contaminating her. On Iego, Jabo has, left the, has led the Jedi to a cliffside. They can find the route at the bottom of the cliff, but they need to be careful. They can't touch any of the vines surrounding them. And to watch out for the flying Xandu. As Anakin asks what a Xandu is, one bursts from a cave in the cliff, throwing Anakin from his footing and forcing him to grab hold of the creature. Obi-Wan leaps from the cliff, grabbing the creature as well, and the two slowly descend to the canyon floor. Releasing the Xandu, the Jedi fall to the ground, awakening the plants they were warned about. Obi-Wan ignites his lightsaber as Anakin begins digging. No sooner do the Jedi have the root than the Rixa begins to fight back. The Jedi leap to the cliffside, battling the giant man-eating plants as they climb. On the way back to the twilight, Jabo is explaining more about Droll when Amit, a very peculiar old Quarren enters the conversation, praising Droll as their, prote their protector and destroyer. Anakin is skeptical, so the Quarren produces a hollow of the Rodian pilot, Takedo, attempting to escape the planet. The evidence is pretty conclusive. 
The Twilight launches from Clifford, and the Jedi make their way to outer orbit. Obi-Wan warns that although Dre... <laughs> sorry, Obi-Wan warns that although Droll may be just a superstition, something real destroyed those ships. But Anakin is confident. He takes the ship deep into the debris field, but as he does, R2 starts to get worried. Suddenly, a net of golden energy beams lights up in front of the ship. Anakin tries to fly through it, but it's too dense. He's forced to bring the, the twilight back down to Diego. As he lands, a transmission fr arrives from Naboo. Ahsoka reports that they've destroyed all the droids and Naboo is safe, but she and Padme don't look too good. Once again, time is not on their side, but Obi-Wan reminds Anakin that sometimes a great leap forward requires two steps back. But Anakin replies that sometimes all it takes is the will to jump. In the Clifford meeting hall, the Jedi inform its inhabitants that Droll is simply a security system left behind by the Separatists. Emmett will hear none of it, but Obi-Wan asks if anyone was here before Droll's destructive reign. An angel, one of the planet's native inhabitants, enters the room, her phosphorescent skin drawing everyone's att attention. She tells them that it was peaceful before the Separatists drove them from their home moon of Millis Prime. That must be the location of the primary node of the laser web. Obi-Wan notices a set of vulture droids and asks Jabo to reprogram them to be controlled by remote. R2 will control them, distracting the laser web, while Anakin locates the primary node and destroys it. On Naboo, everyone is getting sicker by the moment. Some of the clones have even died. Padme remarks what a waste it is, but Rex reassures her that it's their duty. Suddenly, Ahsoka collapses. She doesn't have long left. At Cliffhold, Jabo activates the vulture droids, and they take off along with the Twilight. With R2 controlling them, the droids intercept the laser web, cutting a path for the Twilight. Anakin flies straight through, targeting the primary node and destroying it. On the planet's surface, its people watch a brilliant light show as the laser web's components overload and destroy themselves. They're now free to leave Iego whenever they choose. The Twilight jumps to hyperspace, racing back to Naboo with the antidote. Back on Naboo, Padme and Ahsoka are being brought out on stretchers. They're expected to make a full recovery. Anakin and Padme share a moment together, but not before she tells him of Ahsoka's excellent performance. Obi-Wan thanks Jar Jar for his part in helping defeat the battle droids, and offers him blaster training for next time. Rex remarks that he will not be the one to train the Gungan. And finally, Anakin congratulates Ahsoka on an excellent job. Thanks to her, the galaxy is now safe from the Blue Shadow Virus. So that is the episode mystery of a thousand moons and it was uh it was all right i mean huh, let's see it's it's a good follow-up to last week's episode blue shadow well actually they they aired at the same time but it was a good follow-up to blue shadow virus uh, a good a good conclusion to the story um definitely the anakin and obi-wan side of it was much stronger than the rest of it um and once again I'm not going to belabor this. I, you guys know how I feel about Jar Jar. I love the guy. He's great in Bombad Jedi. He's useless and just so wasted in in episodes like this. Um, there's there's a moment when Padme is contacting uh, 
I, I think Anakin up on the surface after the, the virus gets out and Jar Jar's just running back and forth, screaming in the background, uh, trying to find his helmet and Padme's holding it the whole time. I get that it's supposed to be funny, uh, but it's really not. It's just obnoxious. So um, if there's one thing that I can say, it's just tone down the Jar Jar Binks. Just tone it down. If he's going to be there, that's fine. But let's rein him in a little bit. It's a, This is an issue that, that I have with, with Dave Filoni's other work, which, which he's known most notably for uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And Avatar is an excellent, excellent show, except when it gets ridiculously goofy, which it does several times in an episode. And it really brings you out of it, and it reminds you that you're just watching a cartoon show rather than just being enveloped by the epic scope of that story. Um, once again, we're in that situation. This is Star Wars. We're in this, the, the midst of an epic, epic story of the Clone Wars. Um, although some of them might be a little bit more personal, but the, on the scale of everything, like when you take everything into consideration, being Star Wars, it's an epic scale. And... Uh, Moments like that with Jar Jar and with the battle droids really take you out of it. So I'm hoping, I mean, we've seen it. The battle droids have gotten toned down a lot since the first few episodes and definitely since the movie. So uh, hopefully we're going to continue to see that, to see things kind of get toned down and refined a little bit more and maybe not quite as obnoxious in some areas. Not that the battle droids being idiots isn't funny sometimes. Th these things are funny but in smaller doses than what we've been getting. And I think a little bit more subtle than what we've been getting. Um, other than that, I mean, there's some excellent, excellent aspects of this episode. Like I said, the Obi-Wan Anakin side of it is much stronger than the rest of it because the rest of it is really just the same environment that we were in in the previous episode, Blue Shadow Virus, which is the facility on Naboo. Um, and, I mean, there's definitely aspects of that element of the story that that add to the uh, sort of the pace of the episode and sort of the, the uh, I don't want to say intensity. I'm trying not to say intensity. But I'm going to say it, intensity. Um, and how quickly, like how urgent the episode is. And, and you know, uh, Ahsoka's dying and then, and so as well as Rex. And then later on, so is Padme. So, uh, so Anakin definitely has to find this root, the Reeksa root, and, and you can see it in him. His character definitely uh, reacts to the urgency that everybody is feeling. So those were some great, great elements. Uh, Anakin's character was excellent in this episode. The way that he was just headlong into battle before doing anything else because... That was the most like Padme is the most important thing. It, he can be fairly level-headed when it comes to anything else. He's a great Jedi uh, and, and a fantastic Jedi Knight up until the point that uh, that Padme is involved. And the second that Padme is involved, it compromises everything in his Jedi teachings. And I mean, like that's that is the whole reason for detachment and why. Jedi aren't supposed to be in relationships like this because they will put certain people ahead of other others and uh, and it and it puts them in a, a, a very very dangerous place um, 
especially later on as we see with the amount of power that a Jedi can wield. So um, definitely, definitely an interesting point to be bringing home in this episode and, uh, and very, very well brought out in the script and in the writing, as well as in the voice acting by uh, Matthew Lander. So uh, that aspect of the story, great. Um, the Iego, e- seeing Iego, which was briefly mentioned in, in an infamous line from the Phantom Menace, as if all of the lines from Phantom Menace aren't infamous, but, uh, the, the line where Anakin first meets Padme and he says, are you an angel? And she just kind of looks at him and says, what? And says, an angel, I've heard of them. The, some of the pilots talk about them from the moon of Diego, I think, or some crap like that. Uh, I'm sorry to use such strong words, but uh, it was a very obnoxious line in that in episode one. It, it was definitely not needed. We get it. Padme is cute. He thinks Padme is cute. But uh, but then we see these angels uh, on this on Diego. We see more of Diego. We see we see Diego, which uh, previous to this. I, I don't think that we've ever seen it before and it's been it's been conquered by the separatists and then they've left for some reason or another more than likely because it either holds no strategic value or uh, or they, they disabled it the way that they figured they could and and just sort of left it left the planet to die by setting up that the uh, the laser web for anyone who tries to escape the planet uh, essentially cutting them off and sort of making it like a sort of like flypaper in the middle of the outer rim. So anyone who flies in can't fly out. Of course, Anakin and Obi-Wan make short work of that. Um, another very interesting episode one tie-in is the the style, the design of uh, J-Bo Hood. Um, he's actually, if you look... If anybody has a copy of the episode one, uh, the art of episode one, the art book, um, you'll see that there's actually, I think it, the illustration by Doug Chang, uh, or possibly I'm trying to think of the other artists. I can't remember any of the other artists, but, uh, but there's an artist who does a lot of the character drawings and, uh, and it's of Anakin before they had cast the character. Uh, cast Jake Lloyd in the role, and uh, and he actually looks a lot like what Jabo Hood ends up looking like. So, um, the similarities between Jabo and Anakin as a child are definitely not lost on anyone. Um, he's building not building droids, but like repurposing droids and reprogramming them. Anakin definitely kind of takes a shine to the kid a little bit. So, um, that was a really really cool throwback to designs from episode one. I really enjoyed that aspect of the episode. Um, and then the action was great. Climbing down the cliffside, battling the Reeks Root. The Zandu was very cool. Um, and then definitely, like, what stands out the most in this episode out of any other ones is the number of different aliens in it. Um, which they, like I said last week, and like they said in the commentary for Blue Shadow Virus, they now have the ability to to do more more models and and have more more characters that look different um they finally got like a proper authorian proper quarren 
all of these things because because previously in the movie uh the quarren was actually just a really simple head without like moving parts or anything placed on obi-wan's body and the uh the authorians were just like really really crudely sculpted heads placed on uh chancellor palpatine's head so or palpatine's body so um now they've got their own their own models and and so it's much more diverse it's much richer looking and we're going to see that as the show goes on where now that we've got all of these other species that have been done we've got uh, a trandoshan that's been done we've got uh ethorians quarians uh the angel like uh rodians all of these different species um now we can finally start to see some more star wars-esque uh cantina like scenes and jabba's palace like scenes so that's definitely a good thing um and de with the next series of episodes the next arc uh the the ryloth trilogy uh we're gonna see a whole lot of twi'leks but they're not all gonna look the same they're all gonna be not all but a lot there will probably be several different models of twi'leks so that's gonna be very interesting to see and then we're going to see them littered throughout the rest of the series. So, uh, so definitely awesome. Um, overall, I probably give this episode like a three and a half. It's not quite a four out of five, but a three and a half out of five. It's a good episode. Uh, I'd watch it again, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's not as strong as some of the other ones. It's definitely not as strong as they were a little while ago with episodes like Trespass and uh hidden enemy and 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 just sort of the stronger episodes of the series so uh with that let's move on to the mailbag uh, i've got a piece of mail here from eric and he says hello i am really happy to say that finally here in switzerland and italy star wars the clone wars has premiered on cartoon network and i saw the first two episodes i would like to say good job on the podcast that you make they are awesome. Also, new Star Wars Lego will come out this summer. It includes the droid tank and Battle of Endor and other cool stuff. I would like to say that Episode 2 was not realistic. I mean, in space you cannot speak because there is no air and you can't hear noises. Please respond to see what you think. Then he says, P.S. Sorry for the writing. I am Canadian but now live in Switzerland and I have forgotten my English. Then he says, P.S.S which actually it's PPS, but that's all right. Uh, your work is an inspiration to your Swiss Canadian friend. And that's from Eric in Switzerland. So that's very cool. We've got a, a new listener in Switzerland, which uh, that just adds another country. We've got people listening in all, all over the UK, all over Australia, Switzerland, Japan, all over the States, in Canada. Uh, it's it's amazing how diverse the listening audience for the podcast is. I really I really appreciate that aspect of the, of of you guys, the listeners, because uh, you bring different viewpoints and different opinions to things, uh, being from different cultures, which is really really cool. Um, let's talk about episode two. Episode two being, uh, let's see, Shadow of Malevolence or Rising Malevolence. Rising Malevolence, the first episode, or the, the first episode of the Malevolence trilogy, the second episode of the series. So Rising Malevolence. Um, 
I understand what you're saying that that there there's no air and you can't hear noises and all that sort of thing. Um, Star Wars has never followed that though because it is space fantasy. It's not science fiction, uh, strictly speaking, like as other shows are or other other things have been, where um, where you can't hear anything in space. Um, it's definitely that you can hear sounds, you can hear ships, you can hear blasters. Um, and, and I think the stuff that you're talking about specifically, uh, when they're in the pod, they're not in vacuum They're The, the, the ship is slowly leaking, but, uh, actually I don't know that it's leaking. I think that what's happening is they've only got a, sh a small air supply and that air supply will eventually run out. And it's compromised even more so because their life support system is going to run out first, which I think would stop the air from cycling. So uh, that's probably more so what the issue was. The life support system died because of the because uh, of the malevolence and the the uh, ion cannon, and uh, and that disabled probably the air recycling system that would allow them to stay in there um, indefinitely until they were rescued. So, um, they're not in vacuum, so they can speak, they can do all that other stuff. But even once they go out of vacuum, they've still got, they've got helmets on, uh, which have communicators. So maybe that's how they're talking to one another, but there are sound effects from other elements. But like I said, Star Wars doesn't follow that rule. Um, definitely the, the sequence in episode two with the, uh, sonic, uh, the sonic mines that that Django launches from Slave One, um, that would not have been as awesome because that is one of the best parts of Episode Two, is how it'll go silent, and then boom, it's got like that sort of that loud sort of you know like if you hit take a take a wooden spoon and hit a, a water cooler you know like a, like the plastic water cooler it's like that sort of sound, and uh, that's how you can replicate it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how Ben Burt came up with that sound. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, like I see what you're saying, but I'm going to, I'm going to correct you on it and say star Wars doesn't work like that because it is space fantasy. And, uh, and we wouldn't have all the cool sound effects that we've got if there was no sounds in space and there would definitely be some boring sequences. Can you imagine the, the battle over the death star without any sound effects and just music? That would have been boring. Um, so uh, thank you very much for writing, Eric. Thanks, thanks for what you what you got to say. I, I I'm glad that you enjoy the show. Uh, that you enjoy Frontlines. I'm glad you enjoy Clone Wars, and uh, and hopefully you've seen some more episodes and you continue to like it and listen to Frontlines. Um, so now we've got the forum post of the week, and this is a very dark forum post. But uh, I think that it deserves a little bit more attention from you guys. And this post is, If Star Wars Never Happened, posted by GrievousFan91. And he says, I've wondered about this, and I talked about this on other forums. And I wondered what you guys thought about this idea. If Star Wars Never Happened, how would your life have been different? Um, a lot of you guys, like, I mean, it's all the same for us, I think. Life would not be as great it would not be as fun. It would not be as bright. We wouldn't have as much to live for without Star Wars, I think. 
Um, I said in my post that uh, my response that I probably would be a Star Trek fan. Um, I would have found something else to to jump on, but I don't know that I I'd have found anything to be quite as big a fan of as uh, as Star Wars. So definitely a scary thing to think about. Uh, Big Honk and Steve came on and and he he posted that he would not even respond. He just posted and said, I don't even want to think about it. I'm not not doing anything in this thread. And he just left. Uh, and he hasn't been back to the thread since, I don't think. So uh, <laughs> I, I know that's very strong feelings from Steve. So uh, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to hear what more of you guys have to say, I should, I, I should say. Correct myself. Um, because a lot of you have gotten in here and talked about it, but I want it to be one of the popular posts. So get in there and talk. Tell me how you would feel if Star Wars never happened. Uh, scary, scary thought. I definitely wouldn't be recording this podcast, so I uh, have a lot more free time. So maybe it's not so bad. I'm just kidding with you guys. So with that... Let's go through our upcoming episode description. We've got Storm Over Ryloth airing actually tonight as of this recording. I am so psyched for this. And uh, if you haven't seen the preview, you should head over to StarWars.com and watch the preview. Uh, we've got the Ryloth Trilogy trailer up on the website, CloneWarsPodcast.com. You can check that out. And, uh, and here is the episode description for Storm Over Ryloth. Ahsoka disobeys Anakin's orders and loses most of her squadron, prompting Anakin to give his Padawan a, listen, a lesson in a respect for authority and the opportunity for redemption. So it uh, definitely looks like a very interesting episode. Um, Ahsoka kind of in the situation that Anakin was in, in Shadow of Malevolence. So, uh, so very interesting to see the roles reversed there. And uh, I could not be more excited for this specific episode because Jedi Starfighter in action, I can't wait. Gonna be so awesome. We have been teased with the Jedi Starfighter, like in uh, Downfall of a Droid, where Anakin's Jedi Starfighter goes out and barely does anything and then gets disabled. So, I mean, this is gonna be awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait for this episode tonight. Um, I'm gonna be getting my hands on it as soon as I can, and I hope that you guys feel the same way. And uh, the beginning of what's going to be uh, the next three episodes of Awesome. The most intense episodes yet. So, with that, that's our episode. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. Take a moment, fill out our listener survey. I still need more people to fill that out so that I can get a sponsor and do more contests and give away t-shirts for you guys. Uh... Follow us on Twitter. Username is Clone Wars. I'm getting new followers on Twitter all the time. And uh, head over to Facebook to join our group. We are up to, I think, 74 members, so we're almost at 100. So keep going. And, uh, and while you're there, uh, become a fan of the Facebook, uh, on, on Facebook. You can, you can, there's a link in the group to become a fan. And then all of your friends will know that you're a fan of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. They'll check it out. And they will listen to Frontlines, and then you'll have more people listening to Frontlines, which means that I'll have more people to fill out the survey, which means that I'll have better chances of getting less, of uh, getting sponsors, which means that there will be more contests, 
which means that you guys will get more free stuff. So, always, as always, like get out there, promote the show for me. Do whatever you can. I mean, I'm, I'm hoofing it. I, I get out there and I promote the show on the internet as much as I can. But tell all your friends. Get them to, to subscribe to the feed. Listen every week. Uh, check out Clone Wars. All that stuff. Because the more people who listen, the better things are. And the more, more mail I get, the more people we have on the forum, the better conversations we have. It works out all around for everybody. So definitely do that. Um, and speaking of the forums, head over to the Geek Out Loud forums at www.geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. Join the forums. Get in on the discussion. What if Star Wars never happened? That's our forum post of the week. Get in there and post. Talk about it. Vote on the t-shirt. I want to know which one you guys want after the blue one because obviously you want the blue one first. Um, and, uh, and other than that, uh, have a good week. Enjoy Storm Over Ryloth, the beginning of the Ryloth trilogy uh, starting tonight. And uh, may the Force be with you. And I'll catch you guys next week.